Welcome to the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa, where we discuss dating and other significant relationships. Well, good evening, good people. Hi, welcome to the show. We have um, Jorge, a second part, uh, which is exciting, from our Fifty Shades episode tonight, and we have back uh solo this time our favorite dom mr noir welcome to the show oops not yet we'll just give him a little minute to get back on here uh so poppy um we talked about the world of bdsm um doms with subs on our last show uh 50 shades which was a year ago well we have uh gotten into our second season and there was still some mystery around uh, the lifestyle. And we really wanted to do our part with education again in, you know, letting people know, like, how do you find out about this particular lifestyle? How do you find reputable um, people who are in this lifestyle who um, know really what it's about? And it's not just... Um, some slap up, you know, kind of madhouse party or, um, you know, somebody just out here practicing cruel behavior, uh, but really the legitimate ins and outs of this particular lifestyle. So uh, we had um, not as many questions on our Facebook feed this time uh, as last, but still some, some, um, feedback from others who have listened to the show um who maybe didn't want to comment publicly <laughs> I uh, think, yeah, I that think this is a sensitive topic i think there is something to that that you know some people like to keep that aspect of their life close to the vest and don't want to put themselves out there necessarily so i think there may be some of that um because it's still even though it's starting to become part of our norm uh as far as you know society embracing uh this alternative lifestyle um there's still you know people who are hesitant to uh be out there or you know some people just prefer to keep that aspect of their life into you know intimate uh with them and their partner or partners you know depending on who they decide to practice, um, you know, this uh, kind of uh, adventure. Oops. Uh, it seems like we had a little connection issue there. Uh, Mr. Noir was here and now he's gone. So we will give him a chance to get back on. Um, at any rate, I, I think it's very fascinating. Um, not something that I, I necessarily actively would seek out for myself, but I think there's some elements of it that um, are worth kind of uncovering that the psychology behind the lifestyle is really what's fascinating to me. You know, why you would want to feel like um, you needed to be the person in control or the person holding the power um, in the relationship and not just in terms of the sexual relationship. I know for some people, the bedroom is where most of this particular um brand of intimacy is found but then there are people who um live this lifestyle point blank like 
all across the board, not just in the in the bedroom. So, uh, Mr. Noir, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you back for part two of Fifty Shades. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me back. I'm glad to be back. Uh, we were just talking about uh, some of the follow-up that we had from the first show. And while we didn't have as much public feedback on the Facebook page this time, we were talking about the sensitivity uh, of it. I know um, we have had feedback from people in person and wanted to just kind of follow up with you more along the lines of education in the lifestyle itself. How people gain access is one of the first questions that I have for you this evening. Um, you know, if you're a novice, if you're somebody who's never uh, even thought about, um, you know, the the BDSM dom sub lifestyle, what would be one of the first things you would suggest or one of the first few things that you might suggest to somebody who was seeking to just find out more? I would definitely uh, recommend them going and educating themselves first before diving in. There is a thing called sub frenzy and mm -hmm. that is when a submissive just jumps in and says, hey, I, I'm, I'm open to anything and I just want to try everything. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily the best approach. So what I would recommend is get, uh, getting any books that they find on the internet uh, that could help them familiarize themselves with the lifestyle, the terms, um, some of the concepts some of the protocols in terms of engaging with people in the lifestyle and that kind of thing. So kind of reading up on their own. And then there are uh, meetings, which are called munches that uh, happen around the country in a lot of cities. And what a munch is, is when people in the community uh, or the lifestyle get together in a public place and it's a totally vanilla setting. So they may you know, get together at a restaurant or that kind of thing, and just get together and have food and have conversation. And, you know, that's a good way for people to meet people in a lifestyle, ask questions without, you know, having to be knee deep in it at an actual dungeon or actual play party at that time. It just gives them an opportunity to kind of gauge what kinds of people are in the lifestyle, because honestly, those are the questions uh, a person of color. So, some of my first questions were, you know, were there black people there? You know, were they attractive? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, across the board. So going to munches will uh, give you an idea of, and, and, and of course, it's not going to be totally representative of everyone that you're going to meet in the lifestyle, but it will give you a gauge of what kinds of people from what walks of life are involved in the lifestyle. And it gives you an opportunity to ask questions. Thank you. I think that was um, probably one of the things in my own mind, like, how do you even know about this world? So um, that, that definitely covers a lot of that. Uh, what about do's and don'ts? You know, I, again, I think my background always makes me think about safety issues first. Um, you know, when you go to um, even get into a relationship with someone, uh, we talked a little bit about safety last time, but I think that's just still worth speaking on again. But 
you know, is there this, um, are there guidelines? Are there, oh, did we lose him? I think we lost him. Hopefully, let me, let me send a thing out. I'm so sorry, everyone. We want to make sure we can get a good connection again. So let me see if we can grab him back. But I think one of the things uh, I obviously personally myself have um, been involved in this world and lifestyle. And one of the things that I always, uh, you know, tell uh, people, particularly women who are seeking this, is to really define um, why, like, what is their purpose? Um, Is it just a curiosity? Is there a motivation? Or what exactly appeals? Um, One thing that I've learned is that there is a lot of misnomers uh, Mm -hmm. when it comes to this world. And those misnomers stick in people's mind a lot, especially, you know, when you got people who are watching, you know, movies and, you know, videos and stuff online that uh, may, you know, inaccurately depict uh the bdsm world um because the bdsm world is almost whatever you want it to be um you know just like dating just like a relationship at the end of the day it's what you know you decide with your partner that you want to make it out to be um can it be whips and chains absolutely (laughs) without a shout of a doubt it can okay i think we got him back uh mr noir are you there Yes, I'm here. Awesome. Uh, technology always at its finest. It's getting too hot to handle on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it always starts cutting out when things start steaming up. Mr. Noir, let me ask you, um, do you have a vetting process when you're, um, you know, maybe getting to know a submissive or when you're uh, maybe, you know, uh, getting to know each other or considering, you know, uh, making that uh, dynamic, uh, something, uh, of a commitment. Uh, what does your vetting process look like? You know, uh, my vetting process is fluid and it has changed over, over the time as I've gained more experience in the lifestyle. Um, uh, I don't, I, I was about to say, unfortunately, I don't know if it's fortunate or, or unfortunate. Uh, but a lot of the women that I meet don't have any experience. So some of the vetting process that I would recommend to most people out there, uh, would be to, you know, talk to people about what their experience, what their experiences are, uh, and possibly even talk to people that they played with in the past. Now, of course, you can't do that with someone who doesn't have any experience. Uh, And in that case, I would uh, really just get to know them. And and I heard one of uh, the the comments that you made in terms of asking a submissive and excuse me, I'm speaking from a dominant perspective. I'm uh, that that's my point of view. So I'm speaking in terms of vetting submissives, but a point that you made, Jorge, was to ask uh, them what their why is. And and that could go for a submissive asking a dominant as well. And and, and that's another point that I wanted to make is that 
you know, submissives are uh, vetting potential dominants as well. You know, just like you go into a job interview, the company is not just interviewing you. You are also interviewing the company to see if they're a good fit for you. And it goes the same way with entering a dynamic. You know, you want to ask people if they have any experience you know, what kind of education, you know, have you had? What kind of uh, demonstrations or um, uh, talks or, you know, that that kind of thing have you attended? You know, what, what, what do you read in terms of lifestyle materials? That kind of thing. Um, and beyond the vetting of the lifestyle stuff you just want to vet people how you would vet them when you're entering into potentially dating them you want to ask those questions to you know see are they stable not just you know mentally but you know are are, are they emotionally stable you know because i would be I, I would tell you that there are a lot of people in the lifestyle who come to the lifestyle looking to fit in somewhere and the lifestyle is overarching they welcome all so you will meet a lot of different people you will meet some people who are a little on the strange side you will meet some really good people but there are damaged people out there as well and some of those damaged people come to the lifestyle looking to work through past traumas or work through issues that they're having and you kind of want to have your antennas up for those types of things as well so the vetting process goes and it runs the gamut from asking those questions that you would ask during you know your normal dating process as well as what their experiences are in the lifestyle what kind of education that they've had what kind of demonstrations they've gone to um do they have a mentor? Do they have, you know, people um, that they could refer you to that they played with? So it, it runs again. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely um, important to uh, establish a baseline, right? To establish a starting point. Uh, I know on a personal level, um, I always uh, like to know the why and the motivation, right? But to me, that's very important. And I, I sound like a broken record, uh, but when I do uh, pursue this uh, with a submissive, I also mention that, hey, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So we're not going to get to everything in one night or in one scene. Uh, and I approach it like that. And I make it very clear that we're not going to do anything until we have had lengthy conversations and I feel comfortable that you are comfortable with what you're getting into and what you're looking to explore. Um, but, and to me, I think it should be like that because if you meet a guy for a cup of coffee and now he's like, all right, well, let's go. I'm going to tie you up. Like that is probably a red flag in my opinion. Um, because you want somebody that really is going to get to know you and really is going to get to get a, a good feel for you. And more importantly, you want to make sure that safety and being precautious is going to be on the forefront 
of his mind. And of course, when a person is comfortable and when a person feels that their safety is not an issue, then it just kind of lets everything flow so much easier. That is an excellent point, Jorge, because as I said earlier, I think women have, or, and I'm sorry, submissives don't equal women. There are men, there are men who are submissive. So absolutely. So, so submissives, especially new in the lifestyle, don't realize the power that they have and that they should be vetting people. So you're absolutely right in that they should be asking questions of the dominant as well to ask, you know, what your experience, what your experiences are, because there are predators out there. There are sub collectors out there. And what a sub collector is, is that they have a submissive every couple months and, you know, it, it, they, they just keep going on down the list. That's not a, that's not a good thing. So you do want someone who is going to take their time to get to know you because the thing, some of the things that we do aren't uh, traditional. And euphemism of the day or goes to noir. <laughs> so, far but, from but, it. Far but, from it. But tradition. also, you, you know, uh, quite honestly, some of the things that, uh, you know, that we do, depending on who you're engaging with, you could be arrested for some of these things. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, 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 if you're not dealing with someone who is totally consensual both ways because those are two of uh my cornerstones are negotiation and consent and the negotiation process is going to start from the time that you express interest in interacting with me on through the the first time that we have an encounter and and it doesn't stop at the first encounter it goes on through because I'm going to continue to check in with you while the scene is going on during aftercare the next day. All of those things have to be in place. But for for someone who's new that that doesn't realize those things, those are all things that you need to look that you need to look out for, because like Jorge said, you know, there are people who are just willing to jump in. And that is absolutely not. The situation that you want to be in you yeah that's a red have, flag that's a yeah, red flag and i absolutely i absolutely let um you know people who on both sides right who are looking to get into this world or explore it that you know you got to educate yourself you got to explore and you also have to be patient like this isn't a sprint where you have to do all your different scenes in one night or you know it's a failure like if anything that's the beauty of it that you start at a certain point and then as the um you know dynamic grows and it continues to uh evolve with a strong bond and as you get accustomed and you understand each other you can start to take bigger leaps and bounds as far as you know, some of the kinks that you want to explore, some of the fantasies that you've thought about or some fantasies you have and you just don't realize because you haven't had somebody to guide you or tap into that imagination, you know? Um, and and, and there, there, there are things that people don't realize 
that are kinks or they didn't know that, oh, that's the thing. And so, so there's so much out there, but again, Jorge, you're absolutely right. It is, it takes patience. It takes uh, gaining a level of comfort. It's levels to it. And, you know, there there are people, there are women that I have engaged with where, you know, the first scene looks nothing like the scene six months from now, but that level of comfort, that level of trust, that level of communication, you know, me paying attention to their body language, you know, all of those things build over time and you have to get there and you have to allow it to kind of blossom. All right. Oh, so the, voice, the voice of the novice here, because I think it's very important for people who are very interested, but who are clueless, like I am, uh, to be able to to have a couple of questions. And this is something that has really um, come up for me in recent dating um opportunities this whole idea of a dominant man uh or for in my case a dominant man but a dominant and this idea of a submissive you know being touted around and quite honestly it it has sickened me a little bit in my dating experience because it's almost like there's a man who just wants a woman or a you know partners one dominant one submissive let me say it that way who just wants somebody to shut up and take it sort of attitude and like don't question me don't have an opinion don't assert yourself um that's been more of the energy that i've been getting from these self-labeled alphas that i've encountered recently and what i hear though both of you saying in this conversation tonight is that a real dominant isn't out to suppress a sub but there is negotiation there's a power exchange there is there is balance in this situation can you speak to that a little more because i feel like you know do do people have some sort of misguided notion about um, and I guess it depends on what everybody's definition of an alpha is, but is is that what we're talking about here with this type of relationship? I'm not hearing that from what you're describing, but I think there's so many people who are out here walking around thinking I'm the one with all the power and you listen to me and do whatever I say and we'll do it however I want it. And the sub is just sort of meek and mild and somebody who wants to be treated that way. And are we confused? What's happening? Well, let me let give me give me one second to lay this out because I think this is ultra important that we give clarity to this. So, in this world, in the BDSM world, we have submissives and we have slaves. And I always ask women, "Do you know the difference between the two? And often, most women say, "No, not really." And the reason why that's imperative is because a submissive, you have a voice, you have a power. Sometimes I would even argue that the submissive has more power than the dominant because me and Mr. Noir, we can go on top of buildings and scream that we're dominants, right? However, if we don't have a submissive, we are not a dom. And the submissive is the one that is gifting you that power and that power exchange 
therefore that's what makes you a dom so in essence the submissive has just as much power if not more power but back to the original point a submissive is someone who is willing to follow your lead and your guidance under certain agreement of consent and a certain uh, level of give and take right this isn't a my way or the highway and it shouldn't be a bullying type situation or like a drill sergeant now a slave the difference between a slave in the context of the bdsm world a slave has no voice you basically do whatever you are told and there's really not a lot that you can push back on so mr you agree with that like is that has that been your experience he's he's right on um I, I would add to everything that he said, and I, I don't disagree with anything that he said. Uh, what I would add to it is that uh, it's called a power exchange. Mm-hmm. And in order to exchange power, you have to have power. As Jorge said, the submissive is gifting you, gifting the dominant their submission. And you know, based on the agreement that they've come up with. But in order to exchange or give someone that power, you have to have it. And you are exchanging that for their dominance. So I was about to say ladies, but men and women who are submissives do not forget that you have input and you have power in the situation. Now, as he mentioned, there's a, a vast difference between slave and submissive. If you're talking about a master-slave situation, that's something, you know, totally different. Another but level. Ex- uh, other few levels, actually. <laughs> but, but, it, but in terms of uh, the power exchange, yes, there, there should be negotiation and there should be, um, you know, some... Uh, some thought into, you know, what's going on in that dynamic. I I think the other thing is, is that a lot of men automatically think that they should be the dominant one in the dynamic without knowing anything about um, BDSM or anything like that. They think that being a dominant is basically you're going to do whatever I say, and I'm just going to have a sex slave. But basically, bar- stand on one foot and bark like a dog, and it doesn't right. work that way. I've I've actually had submissives that I've interacted with who have met other men who thought that they were interested in the lifestyle, and she would ask them, you know, well, why did you know what role do you think you play? Oh, I, oh, I'd be a dominant because you know she's going to do everything that I say, and the submissive knew enough to know that you know being a dominant is not so easy it's not as much it's not as much do what as do what i say when i say as much as it is leadership and checking in with the person and coming up with these scenes and making sure that there's safety precautions involved and that kind of thing and and ultimately she said to to the guy that's not something that i would want to do that's a lot of work <laughs> yeah. it, it is work but my thing is this as far as 
um, the whole mentality of being a dom. Like when you live the life and when you carry yourself like a dom in your everyday life, then it just becomes natural because you're just used to, hey, if I got to handle this, then I do it and I take charge and that's just how I roll. But if somebody's just forcing the issue, then so a woman who has intuition, she's going to realize that, hey, like this guy just doesn't seem like a natural leader or this guy doesn't strike me enough comfort and trust to follow his lead to no end. And, um, and that that's a good point, Jorge, because and, and I'm going to take this outside of the lifestyle, just in regular dating, I think people struggle with identifying what they're looking for in a partner. So for women, it is up to you to identify the leadership qualities in a man before you start following them. And there are a lot of men out there who think that because they are male, that they should be the leader. Well, you have to demonstrate that you have what it takes to lead. You have to demonstrate and and gain that trust. You have to earn someone following you before you, you know, are bestowed that gift. And it goes the same in the in in the lifestyle. You are not just a dominant because you're male or you say I'm a dom. There is a lot that goes into being a dom in terms of education, in terms of being able to read your partner. There are safety precautions. There are lots of things that you have to know and demonstrate before you expect someone to follow you. Okay, so let me ask this question. You're talking about power exchange. So if I am the submissive, for example, and I'm going to give you dominance over me in whatever the situation is that we you know decree and declare between us that that's what we want at what point do we exchange energy again at what point do i regain my own power back well that that is uh dependent on what you guys negotiated uh there are 24 7 dynamics which is basically a, a as as it's as it sounds. Mm-hmm. You're in, engaged twenty four seven. There are situations where I may be topping you for a specific time, and what a top is is someone who is dominating someone for a specific time. So we have a scene. We get together for on a Saturday night. We have a scene that particular night. I'm dominating you for that particular scene and once that scene is over we go back to our respective corners and that's it a dom sub relationship extends past that that scene and is on a more ongoing basis but how long and what that looks like is all determined by what you guys have negotiated me personally i you know whenever i do engage and DS, uh, I let it be known to, you know, whatever sub I may have uh, or any potential subs that I may be considering that I like to be a dom in the bedroom. So within the, par- you know, within the paradox of the bedroom 
and the romance, that's when I like to exude my dominant energy. And I like to have the exchange of power. Outside of that, I'm going to treat you like a grown woman. I'm going to treat you with respect. And we're going to conduct ourselves like adults. And, you know, we're going to be yin and yang. And there is nothing wrong with letting the woman uh, take the initiative in other aspects of life, um, you know, because to me, it's all about finding that healthy balance. Um, however, in the bedroom, that is where I like to make it very clear that I like to feel uh, the dominance. And I lay that out pretty clear. And most women tend to gravitate to that and feel pretty comfortable with that. And it's a pretty um, clear expectation. Now, as you mentioned, yeah, you do have scenarios where some, you know, people want 24-7 DS. And that I strongly recommend somebody who is new or somebody who is still trying to find their way in this world to not do that right away. I would always recommend people to try it in short snippets or in scenes or in bedroom settings. And then if you feel that that is still something that you wish to pursue, then obviously as you grow and as you get to know the person, you're going to start feeling more comfortable pursuing that 24 seven. But if you're not going to enjoy it in the bedroom, odds are you're probably not going to like that 24-7 in everyday life. So it's very important to be aware, especially if you're new or if you're trying to, you know, find your role and find out what you're into or what you're seeking, baby steps. And again, it is a marathon, not a sprint. So and that, far, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'll ask you after. That, that, that was a, that, that's a good point. Um, and at, you know, just to piggyback on what Jorge said is, you know, find find your way. Well, uh, what I'm curious about, what about non-sexual dom-sub relationships? Like, I, that is something that I think other people might be curious about. Like, for instance, um, you know, the single parent who has to take on the whole responsibility of rearing a child, making sure the household's okay, taking care of bill payment. What if it is not in the, like, are there doms out there for that? And I guess maybe that's a sugar daddy. I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they call those sugar daddies. <laughs> is, is there a role outside of just the bedroom for? Absolutely. Okay, that's I, what I, I want to know. I, I, absolutely. There are, and and it really depends on who you're engaging with, because here, here's another a uh, good point that I want your audience to keep in mind. Just because I'm in the lifestyle and you're in a lifestyle, that does not mean that our kinks align. Mm-hmm. So mm. I true. have I have met plenty of people that they're interested in the lifestyle, but once we start talking about what aspects we're interested in and what they, like, for, for instance. Um, there is a such thing that called uh, a daddy dom and little girl. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily interested in being a daddy dom. Um, you know, there there are submissives who identify with their more bratty side. I don't necessarily in, enjoy engaging with brats. 
Uh, I am a bit of a sadist. So someone who does not enjoy pain may not enjoy those interactions with me. So, you know, there are a lot of things out there to, you know, find that you enjoy. And I am not a person who is about forcing someone to do something that I'm into that they're not into or interested in and or, or even curious about. There's too many things out there that we could find that we both enjoy to try. Now, if those if it comes up that the things that you're really interested in and I'm not interested in, hey, our kinks don't align. But, you know, don't think that just because someone is in a lifestyle that you're automatically going to connect. Just like a good person that you meet in the vanilla world, you know, who have who has all these great co- qualities and, you know, all these great checkbox items, oh, great job, good looking, whatever, but, you know, there's necessarily no chemistry or anything like that. It's the same in the kink world. In terms of outside the bedroom, there are plenty of uh, women that I've come in contact with who are service-oriented, so they like doing different tasks. They like having tasks assigned to them during the day. Some uh, women are very domestic where they like domestic duties. I've uh, attended a high protocol dinner where the doms were well-dressed and we were all at dinner and all of the submissives served a five-course meal. They were scantily clad and it was like white tablecloth service. And some submissives are into that kind of thing but then you may talk to someone else and they're like yeah no I just want to be spanked so it, it it really depends but yes there are situations where it can extend past the the bedroom but it just depends on who you're dealing with and what they're interested in and Nelson just to kind of um, you know pick up on this particular uh, question that you laid out there there are sometimes where um, you can just do a scene uh, with a dom and you may have some people who like, hey, I just want to be spanked or I want uh, a dom to use different uh, toys or different gadgets on me. And they just like they call those impact scenes. So there are uh, women who just enjoy uh, the masochist aspect of it, where they just want a dom to dominate them for a particular scene. But then once the scene is finalized, then, you know, life goes on. Um, but as far as what Mr. Noir was talking about, think of it like, you know, you may meet a person and you have great vibe, great chemistry, and then you get in the bedroom and the chemistry is just not there. Same concept, right? Where you, yeah, you're both into BDSM, but then once you start kind of getting into the, the details and the nitty gritty of your kinks, you realize that they don't align and if they don't align then that's going to be a challenge because then at that point you're you might be forcing the issue and that's never good when it comes to intimacy you always want intimacy to be organic and free-flowing uh so it's important to remember those things no and, and now so the, the to kind of circle back to your original question there are submissives out there who look for structure and guidance from their dominant so there are submissives you know as you mentioned who may be a single parent single mom that are that's handling all of these different 
items and you know they may need an extra push or you know they may want to accomplish certain things and they and they you know may want accountability from a dom or you know that check-in to say hey did you you know accomplish this task or you know i expect you to have this 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 and that done so that to answer your question is outside the bedroom but for some people that's something that they that would appeal to them and something that they look for in a dominant and it, and and again it just depends on what you're looking for and if your dom is qualified to you know assist in that area or if they have an interest in that area but absolutely it could it could extend past the bedroom and not be necessarily a sexual thing all the time okay. so i'd like to put uh, a particular um person that i follow on youtube and her name is miss l e l l e x and she is great when it comes to this kind of stuff she does a lot of videos and a lot of tutorials where she talks about all sorts of topics relating to bdsm and i strongly recommend people checking her out and she's been probably one of my go-to uh, sources when it comes to just getting, uh, you know, good guidance and just kind of explanation on certain kinks that maybe I wasn't too familiar or that I, that I just needed to expand my knowledge. And she's been very helpful. And I share her stuff all the time with, you know, a particular, a particular prospect. And another thing to remember when it comes to this world, it's as a Dom, you always want to have one foot in scene and one foot in reality because you always have to make sure that even while you're in scene you always want to make sure that safety and comfort are important and you, got, you guys can't see me but i'm nodding <laughs> yeah, yeah like one scene in reality and one you know one foot in reality and one foot in the scene because you have to make sure that hey safety is always a priority and i tell women if the if the guy that you meet doesn't show you that he has a gentleman side quality to him, he is not a good dom. You need to run away because being a dom is not about being just a bully and learning how to be rough and, you know, hog tying somebody. That is not what being a dom is about. Being a dom is about being able to lead, being able to mold, being able to teach, be a supporter, and to be able to guide you. Uh, but that, you know, a lot of people get, you know, caught up with the narcissistic and the abusive type of doms. And those guys, those will drain you of your resources. And well, that seems the criminal aspect of it, if you ask me, just, you know, to not take someone's safety into into um, consideration is just to me yeah. that's but, but, but we 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 don't want to paint the the totally rosy picture right uh, that there are all good doms out there there are you know as we mentioned some predators and some right. people out there that you have to be aware of and you know so you need to you know keep these things in mind when you're vetting these people. I guess 30 seconds, Mr. Noir or less, 
why why should anyone even give consideration to this particular lifestyle what can they gain you know for me i'm not a role player this is not a role play thing this is a part of who i am Mm -hmm. so i'll speak to it from that aspect of it if it's something that's inside you and something that you want to explore on either side of it dominance or submissive submission then that is the why that you should explore it and, you know, give it a chance because it's part of who you are. Okay. Um, Jorge, any final questions? This has been an, an absolutely eye-opening um, time frame. I know we've gone a little bit past our normal time, but I think it has definitely been um, not... Um, not stereotypical in any shape, form, or fashion. And I think if anybody's listening to the show who maybe had some preconceived notions, um, I just want to say thank you to you, Mr. Noir, and uh, you also, Jorge, with your experiences uh, for sharing those things um, and just kind of helping us to open ourselves up to at least learn about something different. Maybe this isn't everybody's shtick. Maybe this isn't what you want to do. but I just think sometimes having knowledge of more than maybe what we're used to, you know, kind of getting out of our comfort zone, at least learning about somebody else's point of view is always very helpful. Um, especially in today's dating scene, I'm like you can't get through Tinder or any of the other um, apps without seeing, um, you know, E-N-M, ethical non-monogamy or <laughs> you gotta at least know what the alphabet soup yeah is. there's definitely <laughs> a lot of alternative ways you know the whole vanilla scheme that is starting to erode and be more of the exception but uh, me personally I, I just think that it's it's a fun world uh, but a lot of it is whatever you make it out to be, just like it would be with any kind of dating uh, concept. But uh, definitely you have to be careful because one bad experience with a dom could ruin, you know, any future endeavors that you may want to pursue or consider. So, And, and, and I've encountered some submissives who have had that one bad experience and has soured them on it totally. So you're absolutely right. So it's just important to be very careful who you submit to. And as a submissive, uh, be mindful that you have a gift and you are giving someone this gift. So if they don't appreciate this gift, that they they don't deserve your submission. Now, so do you have the uh, resource that I uh, sent you on? uh, Oh, yeah. It's kind of a kind of a guidebook for submissives on. the vocabulary, uh, some terms, it, it kind of opens them up to what's out there, what they should be looking for. It gives them uh, a history of the lifestyle. It's a good read for someone who doesn't have any experience, who is interested in the, interested in the lifestyle uh, before they even start talking to anyone. Just read this book and it will give you uh, a, a wealth of knowledge as well as the vocabulary to wrap your arms around some things that are out there that you didn't re- even realize was a thing mm-hmm. and you know put put some terms to some things that you've already been interested in and it's like oh that's what that's called 
as well as what to look out for and that kind of thing. So, yeah, if, if you could um, air it. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, how to be a healthy and happy submissive by Kate Kinsey is uh, the book Mr. Noir is speaking of. But I'll also put it in the show notes. So uh, definitely check there if you um, weren't able to write it down just now. Uh, but we will definitely put that in so that that's a resource as well as um, uh, like some of the Facebook resources. Like you said, there's Bet Life where you can do the group, uh, Facebook group. Um, and then if there are other things that, uh, you know, off air we talk about, I'll definitely add those to the notes. So um, this has been a, an awesome, awesome interview again, Mr. Noir. Thank you so much for uh, spending time with us again this evening and uh, we wish you the very best as you um, you know hopefully find the sub you're looking for um, <laughs> however that goes <laughs> thank you for joining us <laughs> thank you guys wonderful discussion you guys have a good evening talk to y'all later good people Thanks for joining us today on The Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa. Do you have show ideas? Email us at jorgeandnelsa at gmail.com. Follow us on Spotify or anchor.fm for more great shows.